Um, and we have a good friend who write, runs this company called Pike Strike. And so they're all Northern Pike, same same family anyway. They look uh, look identical to identical to our Canadian Pike. And if you trace a line across to Sweden from Canada, you'll see there's probably some natural, but they're probably the same species. Uh, and uh, but they're in the Baltic Sea, and uh, with a little bit of salt in their in their livelihood, these are fast. They fight hard, and they're crazy cool. But that whole that whole place was was epic for and most of them fly fish up there that was james Macbeth from pike strike camp pike kayaks and more kayaks today on the wet fly swing fly fishing show welcome to the wet fly swing fly fishing show where you discover tips tricks and tools from the leading names in fly fishing today hey how's it going today thanks for stopping by the fly fishing show I wanted to highlight one great past episode uh, from this podcast, uh, episode 177 with Roger Fletcher. If you're interested in boats and specifically drift boats, Roger breaks down the history of drift boats there, and it's a really awesome episode. So I'll put a link uh, in the show notes to that, episode 177. James Macbeth from Jackson Kayak walks us through the process of finding the perfect kayak for your next fishing trip. We find out why you might go with a pedal versus a paddle, what types of storage you should be thinking about, and the new kayak that is perfect if you aren't into kayaks. And is uh, this kayak is also large enough that you could put a couple of lawn chairs and maybe even a cot and take a nap out there. Get ready for a deep dive into the leading kayak company on the planet. Before we get started, let's hear from our sponsor. Koffler Boats specialize in custom-ordered aluminum boats and uses the best materials, components, and accessories available to meet all of your fishing and boating needs. Head over to wetflyswing.com slash Koffler to check out the lineup right now. That's Koffler, K-O-F-F-L-E-R, wetflyswing.com slash Koffler to check out uh, the lineup and to connect with Joe. So, without further ado, here is James Macbeth from jacksonkayak.com. How's it going, James? I'm doing great. How are you? Great. Yeah, it's uh, this is great to have you on here. We've uh, we connected a while back, and uh, the kayak uh, I, has been out there. This is. It seems like it's funny how these things go. You know, I mean, I, I've used kayaks over the years, and I'm not sure if it seems like a hot topic to you, but it, it seems like it is to me right now. We're going to dig into a little bit on kayaks, maybe how to choose a kayak. Um, but before we get into that, I'm not sure how much fly fishing or fishing you've done. Can you talk about how you first, if you have done fly fishing, have you? Uh, how'd you first get into it? Uh, well, that's a really old story. I, I, my mother is a Newfoundland-born uh, baby. She's been from a small town called Buckins, Newfoundland. And every summer we would go to Newfoundland, and I had this Uncle Bill. And Uncle Bill, he didn't technically fly fish, but he he made his own uh, he made his own flies out of all sorts of stuff. And he had a big, long, literally a stick in the woods. He'd take a line and he'd, he'd create this, very much like the Japanese, uh, I can't remember what they're called, um, where it's just a line, a stick. and oh, a tenkara. A tenkara, exactly like that. And he had a bear hook and he would use fur that he'd find on trees, deer fur mostly, and, and caribou, and he would use that to catch fish. And it, that's kind of a cool story because he's he wouldn't consider himself a fly fisherman. But when I was probably four or five, I started fly fishing. The next summer, a couple summers after that, I brought my own fry, fly rod up. And now he was right near the Exploits River in Newfoundland. So I was on a, an Atlantic salmon when I was seven, I'd say. Um, and lots of trout, obviously brook, brookies there and everything. So uh, I started young. Um, I do, I do, uh, I say swing both ways, but I, I, I fly fish and traditional fish and deep sea fish. I do it all much. I don't do. That's, that's cool. Yeah. So and I, I, Atlantic salmon, I, this is great because that's a topic. We probably won't dig in fully into that today, but, uh, you know, maybe we can leave that for another conversation. Um, but do you still do some, uh, Atlantic salmon fishing? Is that something you still go for, go for? Uh, so we're so I'm in Ottawa, so I'm about probably a five hour drive from the Saint the part of the St. Lawrence Seaway that has incredible uh, salmon fishing. Um, so you can get uh, uh, some salmon runs going there, you know two or three times a year. and uh, I, I do head up every every two years. We've got Lake Ontario that's got some uh, some salmon too, so I'll do that. And my dad just happens to be from BC. so um, I'll go out to BC and my last trip out to BC, I went to Campbell river and, uh, there's, there's some, there's some salmon to be had there. 
Well, uh, you know, Jackson Kayak is uh, is a big name out there in the kayak space. And, uh, I mean, it looks like you guys kind of cover it all. I mean, you've got whitewater, fishing, uh, you name it. Um, I, I want to talk about, you know, just getting into this. Well, before we jump into the, like, choosing a kayak, talk about how you came to be working with Jackson. Um, it's a story that started in the 90s. Uh, I had a, a website called areyouchicken.com. <laughs> and... Uh, uh, it was uh, it attracted the attention of a lot of the extreme athletes uh, out there, both whitewater. I focused mostly on whitewater, mountain biking, and uh, extreme skiing. And it was that time I met Eric Jackson. And Eric was working for um, a company called Wavesport at the time, and he was designing boats for them. And he decided to splinter off because uh, that manufacturer decided not to do a kid's boat. And he had this Dane Jackson, who was a preemie baby, and uh, – uh, so he started Jackson Kayak literally to create a kid's boat. And the next year, they were the number one manufacturer in the world So uh, for whitewater boats. Um, I came on maybe two years after that when uh, he's, you know, as a president and owner, he was doing everything at the time. But as he grew, he kind of ran out of space. And I had just quit my job in Montreal uh, building a web firm. And he brought me into to direct marketing probably 2003, 2004. Okay. So, yeah, you're going on. Like oh, 20 years, get coming up on 20 years. And, and so you've been doing the marketing and, and uh, that side of it the whole time? Yeah, I mean, I became the director of marketing years after that, but uh, mostly filling in the gaps, like you know, building websites, doing e-commerce and setting up, you know, this. it's a crazy generation. That whole span, if you think about it, went through a whole bunch of marketing changes, you know, from web, which was very new back then, to uh, and now I'm making myself sound old. <laughs> Um, so we had web and then social media and, you know, blogging and you name it. Uh, that's, that was the whole era right there. So, you know, anytime we hit that era, I made sure he was on the cutting edge of it. So that's right. Yeah. And I know a little bit of that history there. I, I, I've come into the online space a little bit later, but I know, I mean, podcasting, for example, I mean, it literally <laughs> started in like Oh four, right. The, the, po- yep. <laughs> the guy, the pod father, uh, uh, started the, you know, the first podcast, uh, in like Oh four. And I mean, it's amazing to think about that. The fact that, you know, literally we're coming up on 20 years because things are booming so much with podcasting now, but, um, no, this is good. So you guys have a good resource. You have a bunch of great boats. You've been leading out there, and um, th- and that's why I wanted to t- dig in with you to help. You know, if somebody's listening now that maybe hasn't done much kayak fishing, or maybe has done a little bit but doesn't know what to get for a boat, I'm hoping we can walk them through the steps. Is there, you know, I know your your site's loaded. Where where would somebody start if they come to you and they're like, okay, I want to, I'm tired of using my boat, whatever it is, and I want to kayak for fishing. What what do you tell them? Well, I mean, uh, there's so many different boats out there right now. Uh, you know, the the end of the day, it's about how how you fish and how comfortable you need to be on a kayak. You know, we have kayaks that are literally barges and not just ours. You know, you have kayaks you can literally walk off a, a deck, you know, or a dock onto, onto and it won't move. Uh, they're hard to paddle. Some of them are pedal driven, so they're... You know, they get get out there fast enough for sure. Then there's others that are more like a kayak, you know, the, the traditional sense where you're you're a little bit more tippy, but you can go a lot faster, you can go a lot farther, you can go to places uh, where you can explore a little bit more, uh, get to waterways that most boats can't get to. Uh, then you're taking, you know, you're 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 evolving a little bit. But uh, when you're when you're just starting out, um, everybody's going to have their opinion. But my my best shot at it, in my opinion, is is get into try a whole bunch. You know, there's uh, the good news is many dealers for all manufacturers have really great demo days and they have great local staff that are running tournaments and stuff like that. Just show up at a local event. Odds are you'd be able to get into a kayak and try it yourself. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but I'd say the number one rule is don't let anybody tell you what boat to get. <laughs> yeah, that's a good tip. You know, yeah. And uh, and as you kind of evolve, you know, what, one of my current theories is that uh, we have a lot of anglers getting into kayaks for through different types of necessity whether it's the zombie apocalypse and they're they're cutting costs down and they can't get their their big boats out or they're tired of shore fishing or their their buddy tried it you know they're getting into kayak fishing uh, even before uh, uh, the apocalypse we've we've uh, we saw a growth in our industry in the kayak fishing industry at about six seven hundred percent a year 
so uh, a lot of that has to do with the economics, uh, convenience. You know, there's so many different factors. And uh, as we see people getting into kayak fishing as anglers, uh, you, we're finding a lot more, you know, uh, folks out there fishing from a kayak versus kayaking. So um, now we're seeing, you know, people who have been kayak fishing for you know, four or five years becoming kayakers. So then their choice choices are different in regards to what boats they want. You know, they want to try, they don't want to just do their home lake or their cottage lake. They now want to go, okay, I'm going to do this waterway. So you need a boat with a little bit better turning capabilities and it's a little smaller, a little less stable, but you know, you, you, they want to explore those waters. And some people are going inshore for redfish. Some people are going offshore for bigger fish. And every one of those environments needs different equipment, including kayaks. So, um, uh, once you're in, then you're stuck. <laughs> you're, you're, it's an addictive thing when you can get to different places. That's it. A couple of things come to my mind as far as types of fishing. I think of, you know, I mean, there's still water fishing. Uh, you know, I've done a lot of that. And then, then there's also the ocean. You know, that's kind of an interesting thing. And it, maybe it would be helpful to dig into one of these just so we can talk mm-hmm. about some of the boats you guys have. And, and I know there's other companies out there, but I think looking at what you guys have will give you an, an idea of the de- of the design for somebody new so uh, let's take it maybe let's first start with the the ocean type of boat you know if somebody yeah. was gonna go out you know somewhere in the ocean or you know where there's tidal influence what what um what are they looking at what do they need to be thinking about yeah, well um going back to your early statement real fast is uh, the other thing is a lot of the local dealers will know local waters and a lot of your fishing habits and what you're looking fishing for and the, the needs you're going to have as a kayak angler are going to be answered by those those great dealers. So they're, they'll have the answers for it. There's always a kid on the floor that, that's going to know the right answer, get you in the right boat. How do you find a, a good dealer? I mean, I, I know, like, what would you say somebody has no idea where to start? I mean, could they just go to like a, uh, you know, like a Dick's Sporting Goods or where do they go? How do they find the right people? Uh, I... I'd tend to lean towards the specialty shop. Um, you know, most of the medium to small size dealers are fishermen themselves. You know, you'll you'll have some some of the folks at Cabela's that are really good at picking out the right lures and everything, and but they're not gonna they're not gonna get right down to you know the, the local fisheries. I don't think. Um, and you know them; they're they're the ones that sell bait at the same time. You know, they're they're the guy will. If you're new to the area, and that's what I do when I travel. You know, I, I went to Maine last year or two years ago, and I w- walked into Old Orchard's bait shop, and they knew what the, they knew how to put me on fish. They knew where I should go, what I should use, and all that kind of stuff. So, I think the more grassroots you get in regards to a dealer, um, uh, the more accurate information you're going to get. You're not just going to get that guy trying to sell you tell you sell you some plastic. Yeah. So just uh, look for, for sure. like a. Um, even just Google search kayaks or fishing kayaks or something like that and just see what pops up. And yeah, you know, on most, you know, on our website, we have a find a dealer app. Um, and, uh, it's pretty easy. Um, and most of our dealers are, are, are fairly approachable, you know, if not all, we've got some really big ones, uh, but they tend to be more big in the sense they've got like four shops across the state kind of big, uh, versus big box. Uh, so, uh, we we tend to lean strongly towards specialty uh, for so many reasons, mostly because we want to make sure people are getting into the right boats. Actually, so exactly, it's kind of like a similar to a, say a, a fly shop, and I'm and I'm sure there's some fly shops that have kayaks yep. as well because that's the great thing about a fly shop is you get the really customized service, right? Yeah. So for ocean uh, to literally end, uh, to get back to your question. <laughs> Uh, for ocean, there's a bunch of stuff at play here. You know, it's not a, it's not an easy playground, um, uh, depending of course, where, where you're fishing. If you're fishing inshore, then you, you tend to have less wind. It does get windy, but you're not as affected. Uh, it'll blow the current to, to a point where you can get super shallow, super fast. So with your inshore, you're kind of looking for a boat that has a very low, um, uh, uh kind of a low, a low, paddling level if you will you want to be about four or five inches underwater you know a lot of the pedal drives won't work in there um ours will it goes up to four inches so um but the, uh you're, you're generally looking for a boat that can ride really shallow um uh if you're you know inshore you're usually after um redfish and uh, that kind of fish some trout um then you're sight fishing which means you probably want a boat that you can stand up on so uh, you want to have pretty good stability, which kind of goes hands in hand in hand. The wider the boat is, the lower, the, the less it will sink. 
So uh, kind of works out. There's a few boats like that, like our uh, pick is a really good one. We have a boat called the Liska that's a really good one. It's a little bit wider and a little bit shallower, um, easier to get around uh, while you're inland. And then when you go offshore, then there's a whole another plethora of challenges. Uh, your first challenges is actually going offshore. Um, I have a lot of experience uh, offshore. Um, and uh, you spend a lot of your time sweating the idea of going in and out of the break. Um, uh, so, you know, if you're lucky and you got a sheltered cove that you can kind of go out away from the rollers, that's great. But a lot of times in straight break, you're, you're, you got to bring your boat into water, time it. So you're rushing through that first break that's hitting the ground. Just, you're not in a tiny little surfboard. You're in a, you know, usually a 13, 14 foot boat that's laden down with all your gear. Cause the more, the more, more you pay for your boat, the more you pay for your gear is my philosophy, by the way. <laughs> You tend to load a boat full of gear for offshore. You've got jigging rods, you've got, you know, popper rods. You probably have five or six fishing rods, and then you got the heavy lead, you know, weighted gear that you're using to get down deep. And uh, you know, you're you're challenged for sure. So uh, uh, going offshore is is mostly having a boat that's convenient through the break, and then once you're out into the open open seas, then you're looking at things like current. So you want to have good tracking. Uh, that's, that's, this usually in, involves having a longer boat and a little bit more narrow. You're not standing offshore, so not a big deal. Um, so you want a longer tracking boat uh, and there's a lot of good ones out there. We have a, we have a, a, a boat we're bringing back called the Kraken. That was probably arguably one of the best boats ever designed for offshore, um, had really great nose so you can surf it actually in on it. Um, and uh, gets out there fast and stays out there, stays in the current. Sometimes you're trying to keep up and with a five, six knot current, so you're you gotta have a boat to keep keeps you in place. Gotcha. So the the crack. So you mentioned the crack is a good one, and the Liska is also would be a decent one for. Um, and is there a way on your site uh, to look up uh, to take a look at these? What would be the easiest way? Is there a search function or? Yeah, we do. We have if you click on the, our fishing products page, the general fishing page, it'll show a show a nice little um, selection of boats and we do describe in each each uh, each category each, for each boat what what it's good for you know what kind of waterways uh, for for ocean the uh, the Kraken is going to be in we call it an OG boat it's going to be kind of a we do limited runs every year um, most of the offshore um, paddlers are, are peddlers actually so they do uh, they don't ask for money they actually pedal um, they they're out there with pedal drives mostly because they could be hands free to troll and hands free to jig. Uh, a lot of times uh, you imagine trying to stay in one spot and jig over a rock, outcropping um, and paddling at the same time. So it's become a really hot tick hot item. Uh, the pedal drive out there. Um, so uh, we've got a, something called a Kusa HD or Kusa FD, sorry, which is a really great pedal drive. Our, our drive actually has a, another little bit of a capability that helps out in the ocean. Uh, we have kind of a daggerboard propeller. So the propeller is on the end of a daggerboard. And when, so you, where you lower it right down, you actually have a daggerboard that's two feet underwater. And you can't flip that boat. You'll fall out before you flip. So um, that's super helpful, too. Um, so that's the Kusa. Yeah, I see that the FT. So, so on the pedal thing, why why would you not want? It seems like the pedal would be just a great thing to have. When would you not want to have a pedal for fishing? Well, it's too bad we're doing a, a podcast interview because uh, I paddle. I don't like to pedal. In fact, I did the uh, offshore world championships at Los Busos two years ago, and I was the only one paddling. <laughs> uh, mostly because you can't on a radio show, you can't see the pipes I have. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, you just have to take my word for it. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a preference thing. And I'll go back to what boat you, you want to choose. It really is a preference thing. I'm not, I've been a white, I was a whitewater kayaker all my life. And, uh, the idea of not doing anything with my hands is weird. Right. <laughs> you know, so it's a preference thing. I, I do see, I do have a little bit of pedal envy every once in a while, you know, especially the strong winds and stuff like that when I'm using the smallest muscles. Well, okay. The medium sized muscles in my body and, you know, legs are, are the largest muscle in your body, you know, and so you're you're getting uh, you're getting definite advantage with pedal drive offshore. That's for uh, sure. Offshore, and, and is it as I mean, I would think that the the paddle you maybe have a little more power or not, or are they about? Um, I, I, that's a that's a depend thing. So I, I outpowered most of the boats with with my 
paddling, not so much because of my strength, most because of the boat. Um, you know, the pedal drives are those big wide, wide barges right now on the ocean. Um, I'm, that, that, that is going to change. Someone's going to come out with a boat that's both a pedal drive and something that's a little bit more um, ocean worthy. Right now, there's not a lot of offering for that. That's going to be the big evolution in, in, in offshore pedal drive boats. There's that one boat that's going to come out that's going to not be a barge. Uh, and, uh, but, uh, honestly with the, I was in the Kraken out there in Panama and, uh, you know, one stroke I was able, you know, these guys were pedaling pretty hard to keep up with me. Um, and that's, that just has, has to do with a boat that's, you know, almost 10 inches an hour and longer and sleeker. And, you know, there's, there's other boats called, uh, that are fiber, fiberglass that are even sleeker than the boat I was in. Um, and, the, and they were, they, those things rocket. Yeah. yeah. Is that the material? What is the material your, your kayaks are made out of? Or are they different uh, materials? Rotomolded. We're rotomolded plastic. Um, most most manufacturers in kayak fishing use rotomolded plastics. There's some thermoformed boats, but they're, they tend to be uh, the lower end boats. They're lighter and everything, but they, they tend to break. Um, gotcha. Kayak anglers are not friendly to their craft. No. No. No, it's that's not, right. We, we drop a lot of crap onto our boats <laughs> and stand. We fall down, you know, it's a thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that, that gives a little, a little snippet in a couple of models ocean. Let, let's take it now to the, uh, say the lake. I mean, I, I'd imagine you have some people fishing these for still water. Is, is that the case? And what, what are we looking at? How, how would the boat be different there? Well, there's a couple of differences. One, you're not going to get as much current, uh, as the ocean Two, you're not going to be exposed as much. So you don't need to get back home. You know, part of the challenge being the ocean is getting home, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, you're cruising around, you got winds, you got current taking everywhere. You look up the shoreline looks the same distance it always did. <laughs> did you yeah. like, huh? Okay. You look at your little Raymarine. So we do a lot of electronics out, out in the ocean as well as well we do in, in, in shore, but uh, we have our Raymarine fish finders and stuff like that. So but, uh, you know, you look at your Raymarine, you're like, oh, crap, I'm I'm 50 miles from shore. And it's, you know, 7.15 at night because you've got fish brain and you've been fishing the whole time. Uh, and lakes are a little bit different. You know, you, you tend to have less current. Some of the bigger ones that uh, a lot of the tournaments these days in kayak fishing are fishing some of the big classic bass fishing lakes. So they get kind of big. You know, Lake Champlain is might as well be an ocean, you know. So there's some big lakes out there. So you will use some of these bigger boats and pedal driven boats, uh, uh, to conquer those lakes for sure. Um, I'm a big fan of getting into the little bays myself. You know, it's a bit of a pain getting across the lake, you know, if you have to, but if you, you know, the good thing about kayaks, is you don't need to put in at the put in, <laughs> you can, you can, you know, draw, find some, you know, some neighbor or, you know, a, a bridge bridges are my favorite. You know, you go, go to where a bridge goes across a river that goes into the lake and you just park your car on the side of the bridge and drag your boat over. Um, you don't need a launch. So uh, you can tend to get to most parts of these big lakes, uh, quite easily. And then once I'm on there, I'm, I'm a big fan of just getting into those big weedy bays, you know, I'm a big pike and musky fan. So tend to slinker into those bays with these kayaks. So, uh, the, their boats are a little bit, little bit the big lakes the boats are the same as the ocean boats uh obviously set up differently um as the lakes get smaller or as your targeted destinations like if you're just doing you know shoreline and you're just doing bays then you don't need a big long boat um then you can get into something a little bit smaller and those are the same boats that kind of cross over to smaller lakes and ponds and then into rivers um so then you know kind of kind of naturally you're going from bigger, more stable boats to smaller boats, uh, not necessarily less stable. Some of the smaller boats out there for, for kayak fishing, like the, you know, the, the Liska and a few others, we have a new boat called the stacks. That's even shorter and it, you know, you can stand on it. Most of these boats are standable. So, uh, and you'd want to, once you get into the lily pads for sure. Gotcha. So there, so most of the boats you guys have for fishing, they, they have like kind of a deck you could stand up pretty easy. Yep. Um, that's that's been a, a thing. It was kind of brought in by Jackson back in the day, uh, having a truly standable boat. We we did a high low seating system, at a big wide, um, stable platform uh, w with our first entry, the Kusa, back in the day, and uh, and it, it's kind of a weird thing, you know. If you've never seen a guy stand in a kayak back then, nobody ever saw people standing in kayaks, and all of a sudden everybody was standing in a kayak. So um, that's a, a that became a, a pretty big buying checkbox for sure 
Yeah, that's right. And and uh, so that's one of the, ni- the nice things. And I guess, and you mentioned, so uh, if you did have, say, a smaller lake type of boat, what, what would be one name you'd throw out there that you guys have? Uh, anywhere from the Liska to uh, the Yupik. The Liska is my favorite right now. Um, uh, the the Yupik is the same hull, um, um, and it's going to have more storage next year. So it's going to be my, my new favorite next year, probably. <laughs> but uh, the the Yupik has uh, so it's named after the the Alaskan tribe that inv- literally invented the word kayak, or I don't know how it was pronounced back then, but. Uh, Uh, This boat is an exploration boat. So I do most of the stuff I do right now is exploration. So um, uh, the U-Pick's a little bit longer, pretty, really stable. And it's got a really good cutting hull, but it's got a wide open deck, like literally nothing on it and a whole bunch of tie down points. So um, I take my, my NRS dry bags and I do multi days down whitewater in the thing. So it's short enough for whitewater and small lakes. And I carry into inshore uh, for redfish uh, whenever I can. So that's that's probably our most diverse boat right there. That's I was just gonna say. Is that something you could go into the a little bit of ocean if you had to? Yeah, you could. Um, uh, the hull. So we have a we have this uh, gentleman, uh, and I will call him that because he's six foot eight or six foot four. He's really super strong. Uh, Tony Lee is is our primary designer for our hulls. Um, he's been shaping. He's a surfer. He's been shaping boats for performance for decades and. Uh, now I make him sound old. He's going to punch me. Damn it. <laughs> um, so he, he's been shaping hulls and, and we've evolved our hulls as we were kind of getting used to the, the kayak fishing challenges out there over the years. And I'd say the Yupik is probably our best designed hull for that kind of boat, you know, for a boat that's wide enough to stand in. That's a challenge, right? You know, as a designer, you got to try to figure out, you know, the, the fine line between getting across the lake in good time and standing and storing stuff and, we throw a lot at the poor boy, so he's uh, he's he's, he's uh, I think he's answered really well with this boat. And that's uh, that's the cool thing about the the the, the Yupik or the Yupik uh, or I guess how do you pronounce that again? Is it Yupik? It, uh, we pronounce that because it, it's you know you Yupik. pick the, the oh you pick it's Yupik I think I think it is Yupik actually yeah yeah yep, um, Yupik that's right and it like it's pretty a, there's an accent in there actually yeah it's it's pretty open so. The one disadvantage with that might be if you did have a lot of gear, or I guess that's another thing. You could be going on a multi-day trip, so where would you put? I guess, you, like you said, you could just strap your your dry bag on. That'd be fine. Yeah. So for rods and and tackle storage, everybody's got boxes. So it used to be an old. A lot of us used old uh, milk crates, and uh, you know we'd take a milk crate and we'd strap three rod holders on it, and we just drop our our gear into it. You know. Um, and, you know, as a side point, this is why fly fishing is so great. <laughs> you have, the, you have the, the super light rod, the super light tiny little box, <laughs> and that's it. You know, you've got a couple of clippers hanging off you here and there, but that's it. You know, and, uh, but, you know, when you're, when you're in a bass fishing tournament, if you're a bass angler, you want to have a top water, you want a deep water jig, you want to have something for in front of the weeds, something, you know, from, in the weeds, you know, they... And then nobody wants to set up, so they just bring a rod each, and then with the accompanying tackle for each style of fishing, it's it's a crazy amount of gear they put in. But that, yeah, they, so again, right behind, and if you're looking at the photo of, uh, on the website, uh, right behind the seat in the U pick is a big open space. It's a flat space. That's where we put our boxes there. And there's a whole bunch of different tackle storage uh, systems available to kayak anglers that kind of work with those. You'll see the tracks on both sides that you can tie down rod holders uh, from Yak Attack. And, you know, there's just so many different uh, accessories that you can you can set your boat up with. And uh, if you Google kayak fishing, lots of accessories or something like that and click on images, you'll see some incredible setups on these kayaks. Like every square inch of, of space with a fish rod, rod holder, mount, camera gear, you name it, got it. And now let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. Koffler Boats specialize in custom-ordered aluminum boats and uses the best materials, components, and accessories available to meet all of your fishing and boating needs. The Jet Drifter, a perfect powerboat for shallow water rivers or lakes, will perform with as little as a 35 horsepower prop engine, but the whole design will also accept larger engines. In addition, the Jet Drifter is also designed to be rowed. 
The Jet Drifter can be custom built in 14 foot through 18 foot lengths. And uh, I've been rowing Koffler drift boats for most of my life. I remember going down the river in my dad's Koffler boat when I was a kid. And since I have transitioned into the 17 by 54 drift boat, perfect for packing a ton of gear and still staying nimble. If you need a bulletproof boat that can literally sit outside all year long when not in use and take a beating, Koffler has the boat for you. Whether a jet drifter, drift boat, Rocky Mountain trout boat, or sled, Koffler has you covered. Head over to wetflyswing.com slash Koffler to connect with Joe and the family today. That's Koffler, K-O-F-F-L-E-R right now. Wetflyswing.com slash Koffler. You support our podcast by clicking over through that link to connect with Joe. Please let Joe know you heard of the ad through the podcast when you connect and check back with me to celebrate if you end up making a purchase. Now let's get back to the rest of the show. Talk about some of those accessories that uh, you mentioned. Some of them. What, what are the big ones that people add? Say, so you buy, and this the the you pick or the yuppick. I mean, man, for thirteen hundred bucks. I mean, that sounds like a pretty a pretty good deal, right? You get this boat, but it, it probably doesn't come with a lot of the extras. What, what are some things you might add to that? Uh, so you'll notice there's tracks uh, all around that boat uh, uh, on the photos that you see, uh, especially the top shots. Those are called gear tracks. Um, so we they're they're brought to. There's a couple of companies, Ram and, and Yak Attack, who kind of kind of spearheaded this incredible accessorizability to kayaks over the years. The you know there's a lot of mad scientists involved in inventing crap like that can go under your boat. From like I said, holding a rod. They actually have fly fishing rods, uh, rod holders that are specific that can handle the the setup that you know the. That, that you have. Um, you've probably seen those in regular boats. They have expanded to big boats, but a lot of these accessories came from the kayak fishing world. You know, like everything that evolves, like the engine when it was evolving, so many different things were invented, you know, just because of the sheer amount of money being spent on the internet. But it's the same thing with kayak fishing. That growth actually spurned an incredible growth into accessories. Um, so yak attack is, is, uh, the one I use the most. Uh, I do have a lot of Ram stuff and they both have incredible, uh, systems that actually tie down to those tracks and they're movable. You know, you loosen it a little bit, move it up and, and, and close it off again. And, and you can set your boat up no matter with, with no matter what you want. So, you know, so I, when I go musky fishing, I'll give you direct example, you know, so when I go musky fishing, I ask, I actually, that's a perfect example of when I swing both ways. Um, uh, I, I like those big chunky musky flies. I'm starting to tie them myself. They really are ugly, but uh, I actually catch fish. The funnest, the funnest thing I've ever done is catch a fish on my first fly. So it's kind of cool. Um, so I have, you know, a, a rod holder that keeps my fly, my fly rod kind of pointing backwards off to the side. So it's out of the way from my paddling. Um, and then I have two what I call omega rods from Yak Attack to sit right next to me with my big, heavy, you know, traditional fly, uh, uh, not fly fishing, or musky rods, you know, with those big old baits. And I have a big box behind me tied down with uh, now, you know, Yak Attack has got a, a big black box that they've now taken the milk crate and, and kind of fed it some crack and mm -hmm. they turned it into like some crazy cool, like they've got pockets and oh, wow. little things that it, that are little uh, holes that are drilled so you can put your pliers down in because you kind of need pliers for musky fishing yep. and there's all these things that that you know are now really convenient right right around you and that's the cool thing you know when you when you set up your kayak you're setting it up custom to yourself you know with these accessories and then and they have you know in the modern digital age they have a, all these bluetooth enabled fish finders well every fish finder has got a different transducer size and every finder company's got a different size of screen and all that kind of stuff so you got to have something to hold that onto your kayak so then you've got these accessories that that again go to the gear track and you can put these 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 uh these terminals wherever you want them and uh, mm -hmm. uh and, you know then you got your camera mounts and you got your everybody's got their phone so in the tournament world we do the catch photo and release we take pictures of our fish and release them right so uh off of the measuring board so you have to use your phone to take a picture so that's got to be convenient they even have these little twirly stringer things that that attach to your phone so you don't drop it in the drink uh, it's just it never ends. What about an anchor? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, so we got actually got a company that's got a local connection here up in Canada. Um, 
uh, tight line anchors uh, who have a really lightweight anchor that, you know, a lot, a lot of traditional anchors are super heavy. So we got some of those. Um, and we got, again, Yak Attack has created what they call an anchor trolley, which is a kind of a line system that allows the kayak angler to drop down an weigh anchor and bring it up again, uh, that kind of thing. So yeah, we use that a lot. Uh, we have, uh, I'm a tradition traditionalist, if you will. I, I, I like most manual stuff. I don't, um, uh, so I have, my anchor is basically a pole. Um, uh, again, Yak Attack, I mentioned them a lot because they're kind of led by a, this uber, uber mad scientist who's been inventing crap for boats for years. And he has, it's, it's simple. It's just a two part pole that twists together and you stick it in the ground and you have a rope tied to that, to the back of your chair. And you just find where you want to go based on the wind and you just lock yourself in. Uh, again, that's convenient to me because I don't fish in anything, anything freshwater, anyway, deeper than eight, 10 feet. So, uh, um, it's kind of convenient. I'm not a big go out in the middle of the ocean and I'm not a bit big middle of the lake and jig up uh, walleye kind of guy. So, um, yeah. yeah, lots, lots going on. You can really set your thing up. And as I said earlier in the interview, you know, when you become an enthusiast, there's a lot to get enthusiastic about, enthusiastic, yeah. especially if you got a good credit card. <laughs> That's lots right. So, yeah, you could add on a lot. I mean, I guess, and one thing we you, got, you probably don't add to it is like a. I'm again going back to Stillwater. Like a, a, do you see like a trolling motor? Is that something that's on kayaks? So Torquedo came up with a uh, trolling motor for kayaks, and uh, you know it's it's I, again I I I have these huge guns. You should see them; they're massive. So I, <laughs> well, I we'll put a picture. We'll put a picture in the show notes of of, uh, of you with the flexing, so we can, everybody can take a look. <laughs> uh, so we have uh, so they have uh, built trolling motors that actually hook in really nicely to the. You know, it, it started off. We actually uh, there's people do it yourselfing little plates they put on. They screwed into the back of their kayak so they could put these trolling motors on on them um so we have both little motors uh, so yeah uh, torquedo has these little motors that go under the back of your boat now with the bigger decked boats people are using fashioning trolling full-on trolling motors and uh, there's a manufacturer they've got a um I think it's called the sportsman pilot which is a got a trolling motor sitting right in the middle in, of your deck instead of a pedal drive or a paddle drive it's just it's all powered by a trolling motor um so it's it it has I think it's trying to find its way. I don't think it quite has yet. Um, uh, but uh, motors are are being used more and more. Um, I'm again, you know, I I believe in kayaking 50% because of fitness. You know, I'm uh, I'm a strong advocate of of motion is lotion, and it 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 cures whatever ails you if you're out and you're fit and you're you're paddling around and uh, uh, so I'm not, uh, you know. There, there are people out there that can't get across big stretches of water. And uh, I, the other thing with trolling motors and the little torpedo motors, it's a lot to do with uh, accessibility. You know, we're, we do a lot of work with Heroes on the Water, which is a great organization uh, of uh, wounded vets. And, uh, you know, there's some people that don't have the luxury of, of being able to paddle or pedal out there. So uh, that comes into play as well. In fact, to to a level that a lot of tournaments are now accepting motors for, for – uh, uh, to accommodate, uh, accessibility. So there you there go. You go. There you go. Now there's, and there's a ton, obviously, like always, there's a lot of information here. We can't dig into it all. And I mean, you guys, when you look at your site, you're like, Oh my gosh, I mean, we're not even going to talk about whitewater kayaking, which, um, you know, I haven't done a lot of that. I, I had some buddies back in the day that were hardcore. In fact, I think they had probably your kayaks, right? I think that's the first time I probably yeah. saw a Jackson kayak was like back then. And they were, you know, they had creek boats and they had play boats. And, the, and I mean, you guys, I'm sure, have all that covered. You got recreation. Yeah. So it's funny that I, my one of my first experiences with an unpressured body of water. Now, I'm, I'm in the luxury of being up in Canada. We, we know we have seasons and all that kind of stuff to protect spawn. And so we, we have a lot of water here. You know, if you ever Google Earth Canada, you know, and, and click on the satellite image, you'll see that we got more water than land basically and uh uh so we have a lot of unpressured water but the real unpressured water that i first experienced was on the ottawa river and uh and between the first two rapids so we have a big rafting river here up in the ottawa and there's a big rapid and in between that, that first big rapid and the second big rapid is probably a 40 minute paddle 
And in there, there's waterways and hidden lakes and all these things that have never seen a lure, ever. And the only way you can get there back in the day until we discovered this little secret put in uh, was, uh, was by whitewater kayak. So I would take a break apart pot, a kayak, a, a fly rod, stuff it into my little tiny seven foot whitewater kayak, run the big, the big stuff, get into a section and fish out of the stupid thing. Um, so uh, we have a boat called the Traverse now that I use and it's got a, a gear track right in the front. So I, I just fly fish out of that, but it's nice to run, you know, class three, class four stuff and get to places like a lot of these rivers, you know, in between rapids, the smallmouth are everywhere. If you, you're lucky enough to run a river with trout in it, they're everywhere, you know, and they don't get pressured because no one can get there. Uh, so it's a really, uh, for fly fishing, you know, getting into whitewater, not just for the thrill of it. So you, you can, you can have a safe, safe lifestyle in whitewater in most of the rivers that you're running. Most of them aren't extreme that you see on TV and some of our guys do most of whitewater is a nice fluffy you know, wave train down river. And then you get to these big, huge calm areas that are stocked with fish, you know, Caney for or the calf killer river in, in, in Tennessee is right next to our factory. And we run the rapids there and I catch, you know, 40, 50 inch muskie, um, on the fly, completely unpressured. See them. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, t- I mean, again, there's a little bit of overwhelm here because it's like, okay, what, what is the, the best books? I think of that back to that yuppic, right? I mean, that one you could take mm-hmm. through some whitewater, but like yep. what, what level can't you, I mean, like, like, are we talking riffles? Or are we talking actually a rapid? Yeah. So it, it really, it, it, there's a lot of talk obviously in whitewater about class one to class six and that stuff. Uh, the, the reality is it's, it's more about the features on the river. You can run, you know, if you're willing to swim, you can run big water and these boats, you might fall out and flip, but if you got everything tied down, you just swim back up to it and flip her back over and get back in as long as your gear is secure, which is easy to do. Um, you know, but if there's a lot of rock, that's when a longer boat really kind of sucks. You know, you're trying to, you're trying to move, maneuver around a rock and you've got a 13 foot boat. It's kind of like, those rivers you're kind of limited to what canoes can do yeah you're you're more like a canoe exactly which canoes can actually i mean well canoes are different but i mean canoes i mean right go back to deliverance you remember that movie back in the the old days no nope, don't know what you're talking about no you don't know, never heard of it <laughs> well, deliverance is uh you, you know it's a classic a classic movie but i mean that those are white water right I mean, there are white water yep. canoes um but sure and those are long. So I guess you set things up and you go with it. But I don't know. I guess for me, I've always looked at those little tiny um, kayaks, right? And they're good for lots of things. Like you said, if you want to go through whitewater, they're awesome. Mm-hmm. But for me, I think like more of this, this yuppic or a bigger boat where I can kind of lay out and relax, but then I can go through a little bit of whitewater. I think that's more my style. I guess I'm being selfish here yep. thinking about what I would want because then – you know, like you said, you could take it out. You could stand up on a lake and fish. You could um, potentially take it to the ocean. I don't know. I, I guess I'm thinking, what's that one all-around boat and maybe something more like a 13-foot uh, yuppic? Or is there something between the yuppic and, say, that really super whitewater kayak? Um, we do have a kusa, um, uh, which is a little bit shorter and a little bit more maneuverable. Um, is that the kusa HD? The Kusa HD is a great whitewater boat. It is, it is, uh, it is more maneuverable. It's got more cover and stuff like that. Uh, um, we're for uh, this is a personal choice. That that'd be my second choice. Uh, Upic is now my easily my first choice, just because, like you said, you know, and the price point. You know, the Kusa HD has got a lot more bells and whistles on it. So, you know, especially if you're just getting into into kayaking, and you you know, you probably want to try something like a Upic or a Stax, which is shorter and smaller. So, the Stax is a little bit lighter than the Upics. It's smaller, more maneuverable, uh, a lot more friendly to just you know, muckying about on a lake, um, that kind of thing, you know, it's half wreck boat, half fishing boat. So if you don't like the fishing, you're, you know, you can get onto it and just cruise in the sun kind of thing. So that, you know, there's, there's many ways to skin the, the first time in a boat kayak, uh, cat. But, uh, I'd say if you really want to try all different waterways and you're, you're blessed to live in an area like I do, where there's some moving water, some big lakes and some small lakes, uh, the Yupik's a great, uh, Yupik is a great choice for sure. Um, and then you just, as you get more and more in tuned with how you want to fish out of a kayak, then you can upgrade, you know, if, if pedal drive is the way you want to go, because you're, you know, you're, 
don't necessarily want to do the small bodies of water. You want to do the big bodies of water and maybe go offshore because you're, you're in Delaware region and you can do offshore and inshore and, and lakes. So it's just, you know, it's a, it's definitely a good uh, starting point for sure. Yeah. And we're talking here, obviously focusing on Jackson because it makes sense. You know, I'm just trying to get a feel for, you know, somebody new again, what, what do these things look like? And I'm getting a good picture. I mean, like for example, this Kusa HD, you know, it looks like it has a little more storage, but maybe isn't as good standing, right? Maybe it's not, doesn't have the flat platform. So uh, can you stand up in that one? Yeah, it's, it's less platform. It's actually a very standable boat. Um, it's, it's probably one of our more, one of our more stable boats. Um, it's just designed so that you can maneuver it a lot faster. So you can turn on a dime. That's why we took that hull and we turned, uh, we've created the Kusa FD, a pedal drive from it because it, you know, that Kusa FD is a, is a way for you to get into different kind of waterways, even bigger waters. Like I said earlier, it's great offshore too. Um, but have the stability and the storage, you know, the internal storage is a big thing. You know, a lot of people like putting stuff into, into, into inside the boat, uh, versus putting it in dry bags. Again, I come from a traditional kayaking world where it's just dry bags, you know, like, why would I need a cover when I just shove it in a dry bag? (laughs) You know, we we had, uh, couple episodes I had the uh, NRS, uh, you know, we had them on and talked mm-hmm. about, the, which is an amazing history of that company as yep. well. And, um, and yeah, I mean, they, they just, you got it all. You got an NRS strap, you got a, you got a bills bag, you know, or whatever bag you're, you're good to go yeah. tie it down. And you could pretty, like you said, you could dump the boat and just swim next to it if you, if you needed to. Yeah. So I'm starting to work with them. Uh, we, uh, we just kind of agreed on a kind of an ambassadorship, oh, nice. uh, but a, couple months ago mostly because the the multi-day stuff that i do tying you know i just didn't have the right dry bag so i reached out to them and i'm like you know i I can do you have any in stock because that's been the question of the year right do you have any in stock (laughs) i'm doing a couple of multi-day trips uh, this year and uh and uh uh david fish from from nanoras fishing was was um was uh was generous enough to send me a, a, a few bags and uh, work. So we're doing, I, I do a TV show with my buddy, Ken Whiting uh, from Heliconia press called facing waves. And we're running the Des Moines river, which is a multi-day river. And I just finished doing a, a shoot with them last summer around the Petawal river. And it's exactly what uh, I, in fact, both of those boats, the Kusa HD and the U picker in that, in that video, it's, I think it's called, uh, it's on the, um, it's on the, go paddle um youtube channel okay and uh it's a multi-day down a boulder garden river for muskie yeah um and that was pretty much any challenge you can throw at a kayak that was they even got me pinned on a rock i had to bail out the front of it and which boat was that you're using that was in the UPIC, yeah. Oh, there but you go. Was, yeah. Yeah, so it was one of those rivers where, so they do have whitewater kayaks on that river, or whitewater canoe, sorry, on that river. But a lot of the rapids, they have to, they have to portage, uh, portage even the whitewater uh, uh, canoes. Some of the shorter whitewater canoes with the ballast uh, bags can run run some of these rapids, but yeah. but the kayaks were able to. But. so we have we have a little bit because we're you know we're solo we're a little bit shorter uh you know the prospectors are what 16 17 feet long so they still have two feet on us so uh there you go gotcha yeah so that's it so yeah and i was um yeah i get you know again james this is always the struggle because especially for you we keep digging into this and you got all these these cool experiences and i think today we probably won't have time to dig into it all so yeah maybe, maybe down the line we can get you back on it and dig into some of these <laughs> fishing stories um i'm not sure i you, i mentioned the bill park did you hear did you know that story of, of the founder of that company how, how uh, i don't think so yeah it's pretty cool it's uh I'll, I'll put a link to the show notes of that episode but um uh, we talked about it. It's really powerful. They, you know, um, basically, you know, I think it was like $150 million company and he retired. And instead of, um, you know, instead of selling, right, just taking his 150 and taking off, he, he gave it back to, he gave it to his employees. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so the guy that I had on, um, you know, he talked about it. It was pretty powerful because he was like, man, I mean, it's a very cool story. So that's NRS, and that makes sense because anybody that knows NRS knows their service is like second to none as well. Yep. So, awesome um, so cool. Well, 
Let's see. So we're, I mean, we're doing pretty good here. I feel like if I came in right now, I'd probably just go for, I've got a couple boats in mind. Anything else we want to toss out there? So somebody, again, they're new to it. They're, maybe, they, maybe they have a boat, maybe they have a little raft or a pontoon boat or something they've been using. They're thinking like, okay, what else do I need to know to, to get into a kayak? Anything else you want to throw out there? Not really. Again, it's, um, <clears throat> the kayak gets you to a little bit more intimate with the water. And as you do that, you kind of get more and more comfortable, comfortable with the different aspects of kayaking, what you can and can't do. You know, you, there, there are limitations to kayak fishing, obviously, as there are lots of pluses. It's like any, any kind of boating, it's any kind of fishing or any kind of enthusiast sport. And really it's just, <clears throat> you know, you're, you're going to go through a series of just trying it out. And that's always going to be my, my advice to anybody to make sure that you're, it's, it's fitting what you do and the, and what you want to do on the water versus trying to round hole, square peg it and, and adapting to what it's telling you to do. There's a lot of fishing kayaks out there that are set up a certain way. And if that's not where your rod is, usually it's not going to feel comfortable, you know? So, you know, you're looking for things like gear tracks, you know, we mentioned earlier, look for, you know, looking, look for the, you know, it's actually becoming more and more popular, that blank slate, you know, that, 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 op- that open canvas for, for you to paint your own picture as, a, as an angler and a kayaker. And then for me, you know, and this is, this is just me being an enthusiast about kayaking in general. The best way to describe, you know, this new evolution of these anglers becoming kayakers is their, their, mind, their eyes and their minds are even are, op- are, are being open to incredible different fisheries. You know, we, when we do the bass boat thing, or if we do the cottage tinny, we call them tinnies, I guess you call them John boats in the U S but you know, if you do that thing, you're kind of relegated to certain, you know, you're, you're tried and true rivers and lakes. These are where you always go, you know, every once in a while you foray off to this, you know, other lake <clears throat> where uncle John's cottage is, you know, but in a kayak, you know, you start driving down the road, you're going down the road and you start looking at rivers going underneath the road. You start looking at these little ponds that you've never, it's got a weed bed in there, man. I've never been there. You start, you start kind of opening your eyes to things, things that are way more accessible to you, uh, than ever before. And, uh, and especially if you're fly fishing, I'd like to talk about fly fishing off of a kayak a little bit, uh, especially when you're fly fishing, you've got such a simplistic life ahead of you when it comes to fishing out of a kayak, you're not relegated to a specific shoreline. Um, uh, you, you can, you can float a lot of rivers. You're not doing the one, the one eddy thing, you know, you're not hiking for seven miles to get to that one little pool. (laughs) You float past all of the pools, you know, uh, uh, which is kind of annoying to other fly fishermen, but, um, you know, you, you can, put the boat on top of a car and get into, you know, I, I driving across to Newfoundland, we used to go by all these incredible ponds. This is it's kind of like marshlands and these ponds everywhere. That's where the moose hang out and you can pull a, you know, I fish from the shore, but I knew if I can get to that far shore, I can get away from where everybody's been fishing. So this, you know, I think kayak angling opens up, you know, so many different waterways. And I think, you know, once you're, once you start going down that path of having your mind expanded to, to different types of places to go, then all of a sudden you're getting into different types of fisheries. And, and, uh, I can only, you know, speak for myself, you know, especially with the help of some really good friends, I've gotten to some absolutely incredible places, uh, on a kayak to fish, mostly because I can ship them pretty easily and, and fly them out there and, and get mm-hmm. there and find one there. So, yep. Yeah. That's, that's well said. Yeah. I think that's the advantage. One, one big advantage is that, yeah, you can take these things wherever, you know, you can hike them in. And, and I guess there are some, you know, rafts, there's some smaller boats, there's these little things out there, which would probably do a similar thing, but there's probably yep. some, some advantages of, of the kayak over those and vice versa. I'm sure if we dug into yep. that, um, I did want to, before we get out here, I want to touch on one thing. Cause I, I've got a couple of kids and we were just out, you know, at the bay, we live, you know, near the ocean and, uh, we were out in the bay and we had the, the alligator boat, you know, we were just kind of messing mm-hmm. around, but we talked, we were talking about that. We were like, man, it would be nice to have a hard kayak for the kids. So can yep. you just talk, what would you recommend? So again, back to the thing, you know, we don't have a kayak. We know nothing about it. What does somebody need to know about a kid kayak? Well, kids, there's a whole bunch of going on with when you're bringing kids into, into waterways. First of all, it's got to be easy. 
you know, it's like fishing. You never bring them, you never take a kid musky fishing for the first no. time. You know, you gotta, you gotta find that little dock and you find a sunfish and you get them hooked that way. So it's the same thing with every enthusiast sport. You got to get them enthusiastic about it. So I mean, it's a, Jackson started with kids boats. So we've always had a line of kids boats. We have, we have a boat that we print every once in a while called the skipper. That's really small, but the stacks now is a nice small boat. Um, uh, for kids. So they, you know, they need to be able to drag it to the shore. They want to be independent. So let them be able to drag it to the shore and get into the boat. And they, if they can set it up with their little Scooby-Doo fishing rod on their own, that's great. You know, um, and then there's the paddling. You want to make sure it goes straight. God forbid you get a, you know, in whitewater, that's the challenge because our whitewater boats don't go straight. You know, they, they go in circles. They're, they're meant to, to be maneuverable. So, it, you know, that's, that's a, as instructors, in whitewater we we kind of keep in mind that we got to get the kids past the well, a the whole idea of flipping over but b um the idea that the boat's not supposed to go straight so it's the same thing with with fishing kayaks and recreational kayaks you know you get them in, get them in a boat that's not comfortable that's not easy to paddle that's not uh you know easy to dive off of and get into that's a real big deal right you want to you want that stable platform that's where that you know, the stacks and other boats like it, they're, you know, they have a nice stable platform and the kids can just use it as a floating dock and they can swim wherever they want to go. So, uh, but I, that's the kind of thing that they're going to look for. You know, you're giving them freedom, right? You're giving them their own boat. Having your own kayak is not sitting on a tinny with your daddy driving. It's, you get to, you get to manage your own world. And that's, that's kind of a big deal uh, for kids. And you can see it in the faces when they like, this is my boat. I get to do this on my own. Yeah. Why are there two blades in this paddle? <laughs> you know, uh, but it's it's a cool uh, kayaking is actually really really good for getting a kid enthusiast in the in the outdoors in the outdoor world for sure. Perfect. Yeah, those are great tips, and I think I, I love the fact that like the dock. Think of it that way. They they can go follow you know stay with you, but then they can just play and like it would have been great to have that this the stacks. I guess it's S T A X X. Um, yep. Because they could have been out in the bay and just kind of hopped off and swam and then hopped back up on it, right, and laid out or just messed around, right? Yeah. Well, we we actually originally built the stacks uh, for its stackability, you know. So uh, a lot of the liveries are kind of the same, and that's where a lot of people get into 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 kayaking. They they go to they go with their friends. They go rent a kayak and they paddle themselves, float down some river. And liveries have a challenge when they have, you know, 400 kayaks. They need to stack, be able to store them. So these boats stack. And then we just started realizing, and all of a sudden, families started buying them, you know. And we have fishing kits for them and stuff like that. And, of course, with the with the, with the uh, tracks, you can get whatever accessory you want. You know, if, if someone wants to sit there and watch their iPad, they can. If someone wants to go fishing, they can. If someone wants to use it as a dock and go swimming, they can. And then, you know, if the, they're 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 not expensive. So the families, you know, the family can have three or four of them and they just stack under the, under the, under the cottage. All kind right. of things. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So you can just be right. ready to go. Okay. Uh, and you had, you know, there's a few things I think, um, we'll leave for next time, uh, James, but, um, you know, one of them, you mentioned the muskie, which is always, I mean, not probably one of the harder species to catch. And you just quickly, I, I know you won a uh, muskie tournament, right? But sometime back in the day, could, could you talk about, uh, it, first of all, is that true? And then could you talk about how, how that all went together? Uh, that was, that was kind of an interesting story. When we first did our fishing kayak, um, the Kusa, uh, we had a local tournament, well, uh, come to us and say, would you be willing to donate a pack? We made the news, you know, in, in the area. And the, the, the event was being held on the, the Caney Fork comp, the series of rivers, all the, the tributaries to the Caney Fork. And it was a musky, it was the, the inaugural world musky fly fishing championship. And I hadn't, I hadn't fished, uh, with a fly man, probably in about 15 years at the time. Um, and I went to the factory and I heard about this and they said, well, we'll give you two spots in the tournament. If you, and I just happened to be there that, that weekend, you know, I, I go down four times a year and I just happened to be there that weekend. I'm like, okay, well, might as well float and catch some fish. And I do, I do musky fish in the, in that river, in that river system. So when we got there, you know, there's probably 200 different fly anglers from all over, uh, mostly the U S there's a couple of Europeans there actually. Um, and uh, most of them had the big dories. A couple of them had kind of converted bass boats, so they were going to stick. But a lot of them looked like they were going to stick with the the bigger the bigger tributaries and the main Caney Fork. And I I knew enough that the fish weren't there. 
<laughs> they they weren't going to be on big water. It was in May, and they were going to be up the tributaries, uh, you know, up on the Calf Killer. I mentioned that boat, that that river earlier. So, um, you know, I kind of registered, hopped in my kayak, and I caught uh, I caught a few muskie and and won the tournament. But uh, but I, I I fished with a um, a five weight. It's the only fly rod I could find. Oh, cool! You fished with a, fly, a five weight, and you, so you landed yeah. like what was the biggest muskie you landed on that? Uh, I think it was I think it was forty two. Wow, forty two, five. Yeah, yeah. It's all about controlling the the drag, really. You know, it's uh, if I had the right fluorocarbon, I had this. I had I had flies tied to me by the uh, Vermont Fly Guys. Um, it just happened to be a team member who knew someone who knew someone. I heard that I was going to do this tournament, so they sent me this little bag of of musky flies. Uh, they're like pike flies on crack. And, uh, um, yeah, that was fun. Do you have, I'm just curious. It sounds like you've been out there. Do you have a, a lodge, uh, out there, like a fishing lodge, uh, that you, you would, uh, you've been to that you've loved or a destination? So many, um, you know, my first international fishing trip was to Sweden. Uh, we went to Karskrona, um, and we have a good friend who write, runs this company called Pike Strike. And so they're all Northern Pike, same, same family. Anyway, they look, uh, look identical to identical to our Canadian Pike. And if you trace a line across to Sweden from Canada, you'll see there's probably some natural, but they're probably the same species. Uh, and, uh, but they're in the Baltic sea and uh, with a little bit of salt in their, in their livelihood, these are fast, they fight hard and they're crazy cool. But that whole that whole place was was epic for and most of them fly fish up there so they have a pike strike has a beautiful fly fishing um uh kind of lodge system he's got a whole bunch of locations actually camps and cabins and you name it so that was good very very affordable nobody goes there super unpressured it's great and then of course my my new favorite is los busos in panama um it's we went there and did a um a, a shoot for both Jackson and and, a, and the Jim Salmon's kayak fishing show, and you know you're half an hour paddle at mo- at most, and you're in into some massive rooster fish, and um, I, I started jigging up for uh, for a big broomtail grouper, uh, but there's like every species, Quiberas, you know, it's out there, and I got I got hooked on that place. I can't wait to go back. And how do you spell that? Los L O S B U Z O S. Oh, cool. All right. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So it sounds, it sounds like you've got a pretty, obviously pretty cool uh, gig there uh, and uh, you put in your time. So you're able to do some traveling and stuff like that. Um, well, James, hey, yeah, there's a bunch I'm leaving on the table. One of them was the, uh, I think, is it called the Angler 360? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So there's this, this big, this really cool, different looking boat, which, um, you know, again, uh, do you want to, do you want to give a one word response to that or anything we should know about that one? Uh, if you don't like the word kayak, this boat's for you, you know, so there's a big part of the marketplace that's like, I'm not going to get into a kayak and, you know, you got big guys who are six foot five, you know, uh, and they're a little worried about stability. The word kayak itself is sometimes daunting. This is, this is a boat that we, we built It's a pontoon, two pontoon boat that uh, it's a pedal drive boat that basically you know gives you a little bit of a bridge between the bass boat and the, the kayak um, and it's it's pretty popular yeah that's perfect yeah it looks like something where you could set a, a couple of lawn chairs on yep. and, and hang out out there yep. drinking drinking some beers Man's like, best friend. yeah there you go uh and, and one one here before we just get out of here uh i'm not do you listen to podcasts all do you have a favorite podcast uh it could be fishing or other yeah, you know, I I I do a lot of driving, so I listen to a lot of the the you know the serious uh, marketing Apple podcasts. But the, when I want to entertain myself, there's a there's a, a show called Serial that I that listen to, and and it's pretty entertaining. I a lot of times I need to, you know, I'm not a serious guy, so I I I, I try to think I don't need that much self help, so I don't do. <laughs> I don't do a lot of that kind of stuff, but I'll listen to a lot of fishing podcasts for sure. Um, there's a whole bunch of them, the kayak fishing world especially, uh, uh, that are starting to come. Not as much as, you know, traditional fishing and hunting, actually. Hunting's crazy. With I, I don't hunt, but I, when I went to a couple of shows with our coolers, um, I noticed podcast world is huge there. It's just starting in kayak fishing, really. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, you guys, it seems like, yeah, there's that whole hunting side too, which would be, I'm sure... Uh, a lot of uh, potential as well. 
So, okay, well, uh, I guess we'll leave it there. And uh, yeah, anything new you want to give a shout up next uh, year um, that is coming up with, uh, with you know, you guys or personally or the business? Uh, yeah, no, that's lots of changes. Uh, uh, we're, you know, we went through a huge evolution in the last two years in regards to, to Jackson Kayak um, when we're, uh, you know, we got... Uh, we have a, a kind of a movement right now that's kind of bringing us back to the grassroots of why we started Jackson Kayak in the first place. It's a movement called We Are Jackson Kayak. And, uh, you know, definitely keep an eye out for that hashtag, you know, subscribe to all our channels and stuff like that. And and uh, 2022 boats are going to start coming out and being uh, being marketed in, I say, August, September. And there's a couple fishing wise that are going to that are going to change the world, I think. So there. Nice. Nice. All right. All right, James, we'll put a, a jacksonkayak.com. I'll put a link there in the show notes and send everybody that way. And yeah, I think uh, it's obvious there's a good, uh, lots of uh, benefits to hitting up on a kayak. So hopefully we'll send some people your way. And uh, yeah, looking forward to keeping in touch with you. Yeah. Get into boating, everybody. All right. Thanks, Dave. So there you go. If you want to find all the show notes, all the links, everything else we covered today, head over to wetflyswing.com slash 248. 248. Please leave a five-star review if you get a chance and if you've been enjoying this podcast. These reviews help other uh, anglers and people out there find the show, join the community, and stick with fly fishing in the long term. That is the plan. That is the plan to keep people going. So hope you are enjoying the content. If you are enjoying I'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to me uh, via email, dave at wetflyswing.com, or on social. Just let me know. I always love, sometimes I'm sitting here, recording these uh doing the work and i'm not always uh you know here and well i do hear from a lot of people but i'd love to hear from you if you haven't spoke up and said hi uh, this also helps me make a connection and help to guide the content of this podcast that's a big part of this is that a lot of the a lot of the episodes have actually come from listeners so if you have a topic uh that you're interested in something maybe we haven't covered we've we've got a lot in the back catalog but there's always a new episode, a new topic, a new guest that we can dig into. So please check back with me. Thanks in advance if you've done that over the years. And I want to thank you for to uh, for listening today and for all the support. Hope to maybe catch you on the river or online or on the water real soon. Thanks for listening to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. For notes and links from this episode, visit wetflyswing.com.